Episode number 18, Discipleship That Works with Matt Markins. Here we go, tribe. This is the Kidman Tribe Podcast. We're helping you as children's pastors, volunteers, and leaders plan, create, and execute incredible life-changing kids worship experiences at your church. With practical tips, coaching, training, and resources from the best in kids ministry around the world. It's time to join the tribe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Kidman Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Noble. I'm so glad you're here with me. I'm on the road in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, been just a whirlwind trip started in Dallas. I'm in Lexington. And then also I end up in Reading tomorrow, Reading, California. So kind of all over the nation. We're promoting the new film, Jesus Revolution. We'll be in theaters uh, February 23rd. 2023. If you haven't heard about it, check it out. It's an incredible movie. I think it'll really encourage you and challenge you. Today, though, we're going to be talking, and I think this is a good topic to talk about, especially when we're getting into a brand new year. We're looking at what we're going to focus on as kids ministry leaders. We're looking at what needs to be passionate. And I think one of the things that COVID uncovered is maybe we haven't done a great job in the area of discipleship as maybe maybe we want to do better. And so today I think we're going to be looking at this and really talking to an expert who has some great ideas on what discipleship looks like, how to help kids have a, a worldview. Join with me in welcoming Matt Markins to the podcast. Matt is the president and the CEO of Awana. He's also a global leader in child discipleship. As a leading researcher in child discipleship and children's ministry, Matt's commissioned eight research projects since 2013, including a study conducted by the Barna Group called Children's Ministry in a New Reality. He's been looking at this for over a decade, how things have changed, what we're seeing today. It's going to be fascinating to talk with him today, I promise you. He's the co-author of three books, most notably Resilient, Child Discipleship, and The Fearless Future of the Church. Wow, that's a book you got to get. He's also the co-founder of the Child Discipleship Forum and the D6 Conference. Matt's an artist, who builds and renovates through carpentry, enjoys travel, and slow breakfast with his wife, Katie. Matt and Katie have been involved in children's ministry for more than 25 years and spend their time in Nashville with their two sons. I'm excited to jump into this important topic and give you some great ideas and guidance on how to disciple kids, how to help families, and how to help your leaders raise up kids who love Jesus and are discipled. We'll be right back with Matt in just a moment. Hey guys, our great friends and partners at Seeds Family Worship have just released a brand new Christmas album. With this collection of 10 songs, we have helped them produce 10 brand new worship videos, perfect for your kids' worship experiences. Five of these songs come with hand motion videos ready to use in worship. Be sure to purchase or stream the new album at SeedsFamilyWorship.com or on Spotify and purchase the worship videos a la carte or download them as a part of your subscription at 1230kids.com. We're helping your kids sing God's word this holiday season. Merry Christmas. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Kidman Tribe podcast. I'm excited to have my friend Matt Markins from Awana with us today, the CEO and uh, a man who has a passion and a heart for reaching kids and discipling kids. Matt, welcome to the Kidman Tribe. Hey, it's great to be with you, Jason. Thank you. Yeah. Tell me a little bit of your story, how you came to Awana and like what's led you to where you're at at this moment and sure. maybe some passions on your heart. Well, I'm the product of child discipleship in the local church. Uh, you know, my, my parents divorced at a really young age, but my mom married my stepdad, and they did what I think is one of the best things ever, 
which is they got me to church faithfully and consistently. Yeah. And I, I think where they were and they mar- in their marriage back in the 1980s, they didn't have all the tools and resources that we have today. But by bringing me to church, I got aspect or I got access to loving, caring adults who invested in me significantly. And children's ministry, wow. it just formed me at such a young age. And so, so I went to school at co- college and I was asking myself, hey, like, what these people did for me, that's what I want to do for the next generation. So I kind of stumbled into children's ministry and missiology and Christian education. So post-college, I ended up working for a Christian publisher in Nashville. I co-founded a thing called D6, which stands for Deuteronomy 6, Church and Home Working Together to Form Child Disciples. And along that journey, intersected Awana, uh, just fell in love with the ministry locally as well as the organization it's where God called my wife and I. And ever since then, we've been asking kind of the singular question, you know, what is it the local church does that leads to lasting faith in children? And certainly Awana's been a big researcher in that space and uh, got a lot, learned a lot of insight along the way. Yeah. And that is awesome. And I remember when, and I don't know if you were on board, but when D3 first was coming out, I mean, it's such great curriculum or D6, D6. Yeah. Yeah. D6, sorry. I don't know where I got through. Right. But when D6 was first coming out, uh, well, I remember that and really yeah. such a great groundbreaking uh, curriculum. I was at the national office with the Assemblies of God and we had a conference and you guys were there. And so I've been kind of watching you all along and just seeing what God has done with that project. And then now with Awana, um, love your heart for discipleship. And I want to jump into that. Many of our listeners do Awana. And so this is your guy behind it and um, the heart behind it, as well as many other employees and people. But today, my goal was just for him to share his heart, because I know the study on discipleship and really digging in what God's saying to the church, what we need to be looking at, what we need to maybe what we've assumed, but maybe wrong assumptions and then how we turn that around. So I would the first question that comes to my mind is what do you think the church has assumed about discipleship? That is completely, it's going to slap us in the face. I, I think it's, I think we're operating off of a, of a map that we assume is the correct map, yeah. uh, but the map is actually outdated. Uh, so about a year ago, my wife and I were, were touring the Catholic missions in San Antonio, uh, you know, working our way closer to the Alamo. There's actually five missions and we were at one of these, one of these uh, missions and there's this huge historical map about eight feet wide by five feet tall. Does, uh, it was produced by the Italians in the year in, in the time frame of 1500. Okay. And as I'm looking at this map, I'm like, there is something here. What is here? And so on the drive home, my wife and I were talking about it. And here's what we walked away with from looking at that map. If we could bring those map makers back from the dead, you know, let's use our imaginations. We're right. children's. Let's use our imaginations. Exactly. Bring them back from the dead. What would we say to them? I think we would say thank you. With limited technology compared to today limited visibility, limited mobility with tra- global transportation at that point in time. They, look at what they created. You can tell it's a map of the world, a little more crude. So if you can put it next to Google Images now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, we would not, what we would not say is, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Look at how off you were. We would right. never say that, right? But if we were still using this old map today, to teach geography and geographical boundaries to children, we would we would say to our child educators, "This is not good. You're, this is you're giving our kids old information. It's going to lead to consequences, right?" So, I think in, it, it, the research is showing in children's ministry we're at a similar spot where we're using old 
maps. That's we good. just simply have more information now than we did when the model we're using of children's ministry today, which was actually created about 30, 40 years ago, but we're still essentially using the same map. And so I, I would say the most dominant city on that old map is the linkage. It's actually a Twin Cities. It's the linkage between church growth and entertainment. Mm. Uh, you know, the church growth model is answering a question. How do we get more people to church? How do we grow our church numerically with good motivations, reach them with the gospel, meet their needs spiritually, help them to grow? But the two words, numerical growth, became the driver on that old map. Yes. So much so that children's ministry, right? Like imagine you're, you're a pastor in the 1970s or 80s. And you're at this thriving community and you're asking, what can we do to grow our church? You're going to come to the conclusion somewhere in that conversation, hey, we need a thriving children's ministry to attract more families. It's just a very logical answer to that question. But what happened as children's ministry became progressively a, a cottage industry in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, we linked entertainment to that. But fast forward to now, we're an increasingly post-Christian, highly secularized culture. We're still using that old map, high class high energy, highly entertaining, maybe sometimes even Bible light. And we've got a recipe where the culture is forming our children far faster and more powerful than what's happening because we're still using the old map of children's ministry. So I would say that's like the big insight that we're seeing uh, today. Yeah, definitely. So what does that new roadmap look like? What does the new, in your perspective, that there's some highlights from that new roadmap, like what would you say, you know, like here's some, Here's some new things about that roadmap. Yep. So let's let's talk about that. But let's use another another metaphor. I think in metaphors, I think in pictures and images. Uh, let me give you another metaphor. Maybe you've heard about this or not, but it's called a burning platform. Yes. Uh, uh, several, I think about 20, 30 years ago, there were some uh, some guys working on an oil. What do you call those? Like an oil, not an oil rig, but those things that off in the ocean. Anyway, yeah. they're, they're mining for oil, and and there's there, there's an explosion, and the yep. whole thing is on fire. 160 some people die, but there's two men who survived who stood on the edge of that platform. And one of the men said, I knew I had no choice but to, uh, to jump off of that burning platform into the frigid water. Mm -hmm. 90 feet, and he jumped. Wow. So at some point, we have to look back at the history of the church growth model and ask, what question is it asking? How are we answering that question? And is it the right question? And I think sooner or later, if we don't move to the new model, we're going to come to the point of realizing what we're doing in children's ministry is a burning platform. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is uh, asking the question, how do we get more people to grow our church? Is, is not really the best question. Right. The best question, the new map moving forward in a highly secularized post-Christian culture is what do we what is it that we do that leads to lasting faith in people? And what we do is what is it that we do with children that leads to lasting faith? And I, th I think the big shift is working with our lead pastors and our senior yes. leadership team to help transition to say, hey, attractional is good. We want to attract people to our churches, but formational is better. It kind of reminds me of the classical story of Truett Cathy, who's pounded his fist on the table and said, I'm tired of everyone talking about getting bigger. I want to talk about getting better because if we yeah. get better, our customers will demand that we get bigger. Yes. So if I were the pastor, I would crack the nut of answering the question, what is it that we do with our children that leads to lasting faith? If you can put energy into that, you're going to attract so many families because parents want their children 
to live to a thriving life of faith in Jesus Christ, yeah. even no matter what's happening in our culture around this. For sure. And I think you bring up a good point. One of the things that we've uncovered in this last couple of years, I think with COVID, is just how shallow the foundation might be. I mean, yeah. when you look at that, I think that that opened the doors and opened a lot of eyes. And a lot of people are saying, why? What happened? What's gone wrong? And I think your point of spiritual formation and really digging into that is really what a lot of eyes have been open to like where you can see 40 percent of the church has disappeared you know in in some stats you just go okay there's something that we've missed and i think it's glaring at this moment where we have to dig in and figure out and i think you bring up the point of the spiritual formation i think that's the issue so if you're in a church where you have a pastor you know a lot of children's pastors don't get to set the vision and the tone for the ministry as a whole how do you how do you encourage them to go to their pastor and start talking about this stuff? I I think uh, ha- ha- finding creative ways. You know, I, I just use two metaphors. I use the old map, yep. new map metaphor. I use the burning plat metaphor, plat- platform metaphor. I, I would tell stories that that incite curiosity and questions and, and discussion and dialogue. That's the first thing I would do. You know, I, if, if my pastor has grandkids, I would ask yeah. my pastor, hey, describe, you know, your your, your grandson, Timothy, or, or your granddaughter, Emily, describe who you want them to be in the year 2050, right? Yeah. And, and then, then I would say, hey, pastor, can I talk to you about transhumanism? By the way, Google that if you don't know what that is. Can I talk right. to you about the metaverse? You know, transhumanism. Yes. Metaverse are two examples of the world our children and grandchildren are gonna are growing up into. My what's my point? My point is go back goes back to that burning platform. Yeah. Like they're going into a world that's so far fetched compared. It's just hard to imagine the world they're going into. So it begs the question: What we're doing now? Are we preparing them to have a resilient faith in Christ in a world that we won't even be able to hardly imagine? Right. Yeah. So. That type of a conversation with my pastor, hopefully will, and it'll obviously a prayer, Holy Spirit is leading our pastors. That kind of conversation could cause them to really engage in the types of real dialogue that we need to have with our pastors. That's good. That's good. You know, and we talk about discipleship. I've been in kids ministry and a pastor for 27 years. We've talked a lot about discipleship, but what do you view as some of the ingredients? So, like, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Like if you were to say, there's three or four things that discipleship means and what it looks like. And guys, I want to tell you, that's not new to this. They've been doing studies since at least 2013 or earlier on discipleship. So we have one of the leading experts with us. And that's why digging in and just going like, hey, so what does that really mean? And how do we practically do it? I'm Jason, I'm a pretty boring person. There's only a couple of things in life. I'm very, my family, Air Jordans and child discipleship are like- Sounds good to me. So- (laughs) So uh, since 2013, I've, I've been a part of, by the grace of God, had the unique opportunity to, to lead and facil- to commission nine children's ministry research projects. Uh, this is the seventh one. Uh, we'll talk more about that maybe later that we just yeah. did with the Barna Group. Uh, so we're actually conducting the eighth and ninth right now. Uh, but again, we we were asking that question starting in 13. What is it the local church does that leads to lasting faith in children? So here, imagine layers like sedimentation, like we did our own research. We again, we're on our ninth project. We layered on top of that. Uh, uh, we were asking the question: What is Jesus doing in the Gospels? Like, what what uh, behaviors do we see Jesus doing as he's making disciples? On top of that was Lifeway, Kara Powell, Fuller Youth Institute, Christian Smith, the Barna Group. 
And then, then we get a lot of personal letters. We're in 134 countries. We literally get testimonies from around the world. So we put all that together. This We, we were doing this work back in 18 and 19. Okay. And when we did that, uh, we condensed it all down to three primary factors. Uh, and it's echoed in other places. It's not like we're the only ones who have come to this conclusion. Uh, Christian Smith said it best. He's a great, great uh, researcher with Notre Dame. Uh, university, I believe. Anyway, he said it, it, it all comes down to relationships, uh, spiritual practices like scripture engagement, prayer, and uh, experiences. We call those okay. same three primary factors, belong, believe, become. Belong, highly relational. Believe is deeply scriptural with scripture engagement. And uh, become is experiences, meaning how am I experiencing the world around me? How am I experiencing the presence of God? And how am I experiencing living out the practices and the ways of Jesus? But what's unique is when kids have all three factors engaged in their life, they're far more likely to to become and remain a Christ follower into young adulthood. So if I were a kid's pastor, you know, we live, we live Sunday to Sunday, week to week, and all that's amazing and it has to happen. But I would create some space in my life to like erase the whiteboard. Yeah. Like start with those three objectives. How are we highly relational? How are we de- deeply scriptural? How are we helping kids experience God's presence and the what living out the ways of Jesus? And I would I would make sure everything we do is wired to meet those three objectives. And I think if we can start moving in that direction, it will actually lead to better questions, helping us move from attractional to formational. Again, we always want to attract people to the gospel, but maybe the best way to attract them is to form them in the image of Jesus and let the Holy Spirit do the the best work. That's good. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of leaders about really starting with the end in mind. So like for the the three things, the belong, believe, and what was the last one? Become, become, become. For those three things, I would encourage children's leaders sit down and say, okay, when a child is three years old, what are some of the indicators that we're meeting that need when they're six years old? So you start with the end in mind where you can evaluate, okay, what kind of thing, what kind of, what kind of kids are we going to have coming out of our kids ministry? And it's very intentional. And I love that wrapping that around and saying, okay, so we're going to teach to these things to make sure that they're in our kids' lives by the time they transition out into youth and really. I would assume too, you would say that even youth needs to be built around that. So we're creating early childhood to 18, 19, 20, build the church around those three things. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Yep. And I see that even with my own kids, my oldest son, uh, you know, those three objectives of relationships, scripture, engagement experiences, he, he was getting those all these years, but my wife and I were observing him and even having a level of internal frustration of there was a level of growth we weren't seeing. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, for him, with him, it came down to that third factor of experiences until he became 18 and kind of go, had to take some leaps of faith on his own. He he really wasn't getting it. But the moment he was having independent experiences, again, he had all three of those factors all those years. Yeah. And we were waiting, waiting, like the farmer, you're waiting on that, that those crops to grow up. And next thing you know, he gets out to 19 years old and all of a sudden his spiritual growth just skyrocketed. But those three factors have been present, sowing in the seeds of the gospel in him all of those years. But once he started experiencing some things on his own, 
boy, it was just amazing. And so the level of faithfulness we need as children's ministry leaders and volunteers and parents, we have to be faithful, but asking ourselves, what are those key objectives? And I I think research and the gospels continues to show that those are the the primary objectives and factors. Yeah, that is so great. And putting it into just a bite size, not a bite size, but putting it into a strategic um, kind of plan. I think it's so important and you can get your mind around three things, right? I mean, like sometimes we sit and we figure out like all these things, but really I think it's just simple, you know, it's simple and you can wrap your mind around those three, three really keys and really run after that. Um, so, and what, what have you seen as some of the outcome? Like, as you start, I know you talked to your son, but like, what would you say about that outcome perspective and what we need to be looking for in our kids? I think, I think the outcome we're looking for, I said it earlier, is lasting faith. Another another yeah. word for it might be identity. You know, what 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 more do you want for your kids and in the future our grandkids? What more do I want than for them for their identity to be in Christ and not yes. what the world says their identity is, right? Like the kid, kids who can walk slowly through the crowd and be un, unintimidated and unanxious because their identity is so rooted in Jesus. So that that's lasting faith. That's an identity rooted in the gospels. And so the, the thing that's powerful about the three primary factors, it's not any one of them on their own. It's all three together. Yes. I've used the metaphor before NASA back in the 1950s and sixties had like eight broad objectives. But the moment that president John F. Kennedy said, I want you to get the man to the moon and get him back safely by the <laughs> Okay, they had to solve three problems, propulsion, navigation, human life support. All yeah. of a sudden, the organization went from here to here, very narrow. And when they when they realized they had to solve three objectives, all of a sudden, NASA became globally successful. And it was the you know biggest NASA still, you know, NASA's cool because they do amazing things. Because at some point in their history, they got focused enough to solve three objectives. And I think the church is at a similar spot. Yes. But those three objectives are not about any one of the objectives. They're about getting the rocket to the moon and back, the, the mission of forming identity in our children. That is so good. You know, and it goes way beyond just childcare on Sunday morning. And I oh, know yeah. most children's leaders know that, but it can't just be a week to week like, hey, we hope it works. And I mean, I, I encourage you like what you said, Matt, about taking some time out and especially as you're getting ready to go into a new year or you're looking like take some planning, strategic time out to say, OK, this is what we need to look at this year to, to really wrap our mind around what discipleship looks like. And maybe it's not the events, but maybe it's more of like, okay, this is what we need to be doing to really wrap our mind around that. And uh, as a children's ministry team, as a team, because it can't just be one person, your leaders have to be on it too, but really refocusing. What kind of, do you guys have training that you have created for churches and leaders that they can take their teams through? Let me give you two resources. This was Super easy. This is that book by the Barna Group. It's called Children's yeah. Ministry in a New Reality. It's a $30 resource. You can Google, you can Google that Children's Ministry in a New Reality by Barna and Awana. It's available on our website as well as theirs. But secondly, here's our national gathering called the Child Discipleship Forum. Yes. If those two questions I mentioned earlier are, are are intriguing to you, you know, how is the dominant culture of today forming kids? And how can the church form them with lasting faith in Jesus? Like if those two questions are questions that you're essentially asking, whether cognitively or subconsciously, uh, this is a great place for you to gather. Uh, You know, we're talking about John Mark Comer, Rebecca McLaughlin, Andy Crouch, uh, Carl Truman, Sam Alberry, you know, Derwin Gray. This This is a great group of leaders who have cultivated in their churches child advocacy 
children's ministry, child discipleship, or, or leaders in faith and culture who can say, hey, here's how the culture is forming our kids. Here's things you need to know about to yes. help equip parents. So I would come to this gathering and here, from here, you can learn more about other ways that we do more practical equipping throughout the year. It's great. Well, one word you brought up was identity. And I think that that is a hot topic right now among our kids and yeah. really digging in and like digging in and figuring out, okay, how do we make sure our kids' identity is based in the word, their biblical worldview? You know, yeah. I mean, the world definitely wants to define their identity and it's all over the map, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a big, big question. And so that question alone, I know many children's leaders are grappling with that. You know, yeah. maybe 10, 15 years ago, that would happen in youth ministry that those would sometimes come into question. Now it's our kids, right? And just that whole, so I think the identity aspect alone is worth really rethinking. Have you ran into that with kids leaders where they're having to deal with that? Absolutely. Uh, and honestly, that's that's why we're having uh, Carl Truman. Just, just one example. I, I, I know I'm not holistically answering your question, but- No, no, great. No, it's great. Carl Truman, if you'll give me a second to kind of lean over this direction. Yeah. Carl Truman uh, wrote this book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. If your audience isn't familiar with that, uh, Carl Truman, uh, if you'll let me kind of read the first few lines here. Go for uh, it. He, essentially, he essentially says this, uh, the origins of this book lie in my curiosity about how and why a particular statement became regarded as meaningful. And the statement is this, I am a woman trapped in a man's body. Mm. And he goes on to say, if my grandfather, who died in 1994, were still alive to hear that statement, he would have rolled over in his chair laughing because right. that was such an absurd statement. But now today it's normative. So what he does is he tracks 200 years of academics and sociology and entertainment and legal system that has shaped how this has all of a sudden become normative in shaping the identity of all of us. As a matter of fact, the subtitle is Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism. And the road to the sexual revolution. This is a very kind of a heady, nerdy book, but I think it's an important one because it talks about how did we get to the point where such hyper individualization, obsession with self, and transgenderism is all so suddenly normative. But there's a there's a reason we got here. Yeah. Um, and it can help us understand the world that our children are going into. That's why we're having him at the child discipleship forum, is because we want to equip children's ministry leaders and parents to know how to actually walk alongside of today's kids. That's awesome. And, and leaders, I mean, that is our job is to equip parents, right? I think yeah. that's a big aspect in all of this. Uh, you know, we say it's the parent's job, but parents are saying, hey, we don't know what to do. And so as much as we're raising up children, we're also looking yeah. to equip parents, right? Absolutely. As such a key, because there's a lot of parents who have grown up in this whole perspective and they don't know where to turn either. I think that's a big, big piece. Talk to me a little bit about Awana, what 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 that looks like for a church. If there's people that aren't, aren't aware of Awana, some of the resources through the ministry there. I, I would put it in two parts. Uh, the first, first is what you've heard a lot about, which is insight. In equipping, so we we are an or, or a, glo uh, a global leader in child discipleship. We help the church get insight with data, research, training, thought leadership, and information on how the world is shaping our kids and how we can how we can uh, form them in the identity of Jesus as young disciples. That's like a big part of our ministry. Fifty fifty, right? The yeah. other fifty percent is what we call weekly transformational ministries. So yeah. we have four. We have four primary weekly ministries for children. One of them is what you most people probably know of, which is Awana clubs or, or, or Awana. 
um, which is that mostly what you would call a midweek child discipleship ministry. Secondly, if your church does large group, small group, or Sunday school and children's church on the weekends, we have a curriculum called Bright, B-R-I-T-E. If you Google Bright curriculum, you'll find that. Our third ministry for children is called Talk About. Uh, we've done some research and Christian Smith has done research on the importance of talking with your kids. Okay. Uh, there's this term called a KPI or key performance indi indicator, but essentially talking is a key performance indicator. Like if you can talk to your kids, you have the conduit and the pipeline and the infrastructure to actually do discipleship. But if you're not okay. talking with them, you don't even have the foundation and the infrastructure to do discipleship. So what's the point? The point is if we can keep, teach, coach, and inspire parents to talk to their kids, you can disciple. You have what it takes to disciple your children. So that's what Talk About is about. We coach parents weekly through an email and through technology on how to do that. And that's, that's like a $5.99 a month subscription. So you could Google Talk About by Iwana. And then lastly... Uh, our global mission program. So if your children's ministry supports children's ministry around the world, uh, we can put you in touch with amazing opportunities mm -hmm. where, you know, like for example, $650 puts Awana in a public school in Africa forever, not wow. $650 a year. That one school will do it perpetually. And so, and it's even less that to get it into a church somewhere around the world. So if you have a big vision to put Awana in a lot of schools or churches, we can help you do that. We were just talking about that before we came on the camera, just about the opportunities that Rwanda has around the world and in Africa. I mean, like the 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 doors are wide open, it sounds like. The, the doors are open. The doors are open in Africa. The doors are open. I mean, the doors are underground open in some places where we operate that we can't even talk about publicly. Uh, but Rwanda is working in many restricted access countries, uh, you know, places like Bangladesh and Nepal and India where, where life is tough. Yes. You know, Awana is thriving with churches. So we're in 134 countries, 5.1 million children a week, about 68,000 churches. And so if, if your church has any passion to reach kids around the world, it's amazing how far we can stretch your dollar. Because what we do outside the U.S. is we invest in leaders. We're not investing as much in, in materials because we have a very strong leadership infrastructure globally. And yeah. so we can equip churches to perpetuate uh, ministries like Awana with little to no dependencies on the mothership so they can keep mm. doing it year over year without having to have a subscription or keep paying it back. Right. So uh, that's probably the beauty of what we're doing globally. And it's so great. I mean, we were talking about just if you have not been out of the country and been over to those countries that you just even yeah. mentioned, like you don't grasp the need of great resources and tools yeah. and leadership that the world is crying out for. I mean, um, yeah. it, it is mind boggling to see that need, right? Yeah, outside of the U.S., it's about I think the most successful organizations are ones that have low dependencies and high levels of sustainability. So we want to help churches in, I just got back from Zimbabwe, for example, we want to help churches in Zimbabwe be as self-sustaining as possible. Therefore, we, they, they need to have low dependencies on having to you know, pay for certain things rather than being able to multiply and self-replicate. That's what we do. We, we train the local pastors and their children's ministry team on how to perpetuate these key objectives in the gospel and child discipleship. And that way they're not paying buku bucks for all these materials that are really, really hard to afford. Yeah. Right. And hard to even get if it's, you know, I mean, a lot of yes. times, you know, in most churches, when you're in those nations, they're not thinking of reaching kids. They're just thinking of like, how do we plant for adults? And kids are kind of an afterthought. 
And so yeah. to be able to go in, what an incredible, incredible opportunity. Um, you know, and so keep that up. What what an incredible, great work. So if you're to leave kind of with one thought for kids ministry leaders, I know we've talked a lot, but if you're to say, hey, here's one one thing I challenge you to run after in the next six months, uh, what would it be? Just that one thing. I think I I think I as the children's ministry leader would figure out how to facilitate dialogue in my church and asking the question. Is our church about how do we get more people to church or is our church about how do we form lasting faith in our people? I think the more we become, especially in the West, post-Christian, highly secularized, the best question is how do we form lasting faith in our kids and our families? If I could get my lead pastor and our lead team and all of our key deacons or elders in that conversation, I think the strength and health of our church, no matter like Daniel, like, like right like 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 Esther, like like no matter what's happening around us, we will be resilient and thrive in our faith, no matter what's happening. I, I think that's the future of the church. Amen. And you know, it's interesting. We just were teaching through the book. You mentioned Esther. We're teaching through the book of Esther at our church, and God is not mentioned one time in that book. It's so interesting, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, like I've never thought about that until we dig into it. God can work behind the scenes with the right biblical worldview and perspective and his name. I mean, it doesn't have to be mentioned, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you don't mention it at church, but it's just such an yeah. interesting perspective. But, you but, know, you know and, and Esther was an interesting, colorful character, right? Yeah. But at the right moment that the Holy spirit formed her for, for, for that special moment. And so again, how are our kids being formed? So they're going right. to be ready in, right in that, just the right moment. Yeah. And, and it really is interesting. That's sort because Mordecai really was the answer to yes. how Esther was formed. So we need some Mordecais today who are going to wow. go out and in this secular culture say, okay, we're going to form kids. Like we're going to take that on. And um, it's more than just playing games and, you know, getting through a Sunday. And so I, man, I appreciate it. And just thank you so much for your time today. Um, and we're, we're cheering you on. Thank you that you're part of the Kidman tribe around the world, just uh, helping us to reach kids better. So will you pray for our leaders as we go out today? I sure will. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. God, if we could just imagine being in the garden with you, you, you walked beside Adam, you walked with Adam and Eve. And Lord, it is it is our sin and our pride, in uh, our our deception, our, you know, all these things that keep us from you. But you did not abandon us; you gave us Jesus and the Holy Spirit, so we could have your presence now and forever. And you promised us you would go with us even into the ends of the earth and to the ends of the age. And God, we're just we're grateful for your presence. We look around, and there's so much confusion. There's so much mess. But we just want to claim that we love you. Help us to be faithful. We need your presence. When we're meeting with our leaders and our churches or our parents, or our key volunteers and team members, God, give us what we need to have the conversations uh, to know how to most faithfully and most effectively steward the ministries you put before us. But God, wherever we go, it's your presence that we know we need the most. We love you. We thank you. We're grateful for you. And will you equip us with everything we need to the ends of the earth? In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Matt. Anything else you want to leave us with? Oh, just I'm just so grateful. It's good to get the time with you. And uh, let's do this again. I, hey, I would love to. I will have you back on. 
Um, and I think our leaders are going to love this. Hey, thanks for watching today, Kidman Tribe. Go out, reach the world, disciple your kids, and let's see God change this generation. All right, till next time, we'll see you. We would love to hear from you. What are some of the thoughts, questions, ideas you would like to hear more about? You can submit your thoughts and questions to thekidmantribe.com slash mailbag. And be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know. Wow, I hope you walked away with so many great thoughts and ideas and like things, your wheels started turning in that discussion with Matt. He gave us some great concepts to think about in this whole idea of discipleship. Hey, do me a favor. If you love the Kidman Tribe podcast, will you go subscribe wherever you get the podcast, hit the like button, share it with all your friends, give us some good comments, let us know what you like about it. We would love to hear from you. Go and just, there's so many great things coming in 2023. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Get subscribed, share it with every children's ministry leader you know. Our goal is to be an encouragement and help them do their kids' ministry experiences better. Hey, do me a favor also, please leave a comment. We'd love to hear what you think of the of the podcast. I know I ask this every time. So please, please, we would love, just hit us up. We'd love to see you subscribe and share a comment. You can also find us online at thekidmantribe.com. That's kidmantribe.com. There we have the mailbag, which I would love to hear your thoughts, your ideas, what you'd like to see coming up in 2023. Share with us uh, if you have questions, if we can pray with you. That's right at kidmantribe.com backslash mailbag. Share your thoughts, share your ideas. If you have questions, we want to answer them. Also, bi-weekly, we have a, a blog. So the weeks that we're not releasing the podcast, we have a blog that I encourage you to get in. Some of the best thinkers in children's ministry today are on the blog. And there's some great swag, great Christmas presents that you can give away. You can thank you so much for that. And thank you for being a part of the Kidman Tribe podcast. Man, we're seeing God do incredible things. So in two weeks on the show, as we get ready to wrap up the year, I'm excited to welcome Leanne Mancini. So we have Matt, we have Leanne, who are just incredible thinkers when it comes to what discipleship looks like, what it looks like to raise up Christian worldview children. You're gonna love Leanne. Leanne's the host of the 2021 award-winning solo podcast, Raising Christian Kids, which can be found on all major platforms. The Raising, Raising Kid, not Raging, the Raising Christian Kids podcast is a 10-minute podcast that equips and empowers ministry leaders, parents, grandparents, teachers, and all who are raising the next generation to have a strong foundation in Jesus. Go check it out. It's 10 minutes. It's the best 10 minutes of your life. Leanne's an award-winning Christian children's author and an executive producer on the animation series Sea Kids, which can be viewed on the Trinity Broadcasting Network, Pure Flix, Right Now Media, and SeaKids.tv. Leanne's God-given mission is to serve all who are raising up the next generation of Christians by preparing the soil to be rich from the womb to age three and plant seeds that grow deep roots from ages four to ten. Leanne is a wife and a mother of two grown children. She loves spending time with her family, reading educational books, and teaching God's Word. And you are going to love her, I promise it. Thank you again for joining me on the Kidman Tribe Podcast. I pray that as you're planning and you're preparing for 2023, it is the best year ever in your ministry. We're here to stand beside you. We love you. We're cheering you on. I'm your biggest fan. Go and get them. We'll see you next time on the Kidman Tribe Podcast. Thank you so much. The Kidman Tribe Podcast is a production of 1230 Kids. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your kids' ministry, visit kidmantribe.com.